BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. What is going on, guys? Welcome into the sit-down here on the Built in Buffalo Network. This show is presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And, of course, the sit-down is on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, uh, a little bit of Ticket IQ. And what else am I forgetting there, Montage? Uh, I think that's it. You said Duff's Famous Wings, right? That was on the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. Duff's Thanks Famous Wings. Thanks for being wings here, guys. Too, How you doing? So much. It's time to rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Sauce God here. You can follow me on Twitter at Buffalo Sauce God here. Join with my co-host as always, the Mafia Montage on Twitter as well at Mafia Montage. And Montage is now going to be appearing on the Buffalo Blitz with um, our very own Dr. Z, Mr. Peter DiBiase. So Montage, real quick, tell us when we can watch that. 
yeah, this Wednesday we're gonna do the league opening show uh, for March fifteenth, and then we're gonna move to Tuesdays um, from there on out at eight p.m. So built in Buffalo YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me at Mafia Montage on Twitter, Lance Nelson on Facebook, and uh, yeah, Peter and I are gonna get deep into draft stuff. So we're gonna save you all from that in this segment because. Anthony's got a lot of good things to say about some of the free agency going on around the NFL. And um, I think there's a lot. What do you want to start with there, guy? Well, first and foremost, I want to tell everybody, you know, if you haven't already done so, hit that like and share button. If you're watching on Twitter, hit the retweet button. Come on over to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, and then you can join in on the comments and join in on all the fun. And for anybody else out there, if you're watching, let's get the comments flowing. Let's get the vibes flowing because guess what, guys? The countdown to the NFL regular season is another seven days sooner. Now 179 days away from the start of the regular season. This is taking forever. It seems to be the theme here, right? But we've got a lot to discuss. There's a lot going on in not only just the world of the Buffalo Bills, but as well as the NFL, which directly can affect us either in the draft or in free agency. So we're seeing guys get cut. We're seeing guys becoming available. We're seeing options for potential replacements that we're going to have to make. And there are some actual bits and pieces of Bills news that have already come out in pre-agency but the nfl new league year is getting ready to start guys at march 15th i believe is the start of the new league year the ides of march so hey we've got to take a look at some of the nfl news and let's start it right off montage let's go look around the nfl the chicago bears in a move that i don't think was really surprising (laughs) but it's crazy what they got in return right the bears trade the number one overall pick to the to the carolina panthers who are now uh, headed by Frank Reich, the former coach yeah. of the Indianapolis Colts. So they make a move because that number one overall pick, we know it's a quarterback-heavy draft, and there's guys like Will Levis, there's guys like C.J. Stroud, there's guys like Bryce Young, and there's guys like the kid out of Florida, Anthony Richardson. So there's a lot of different prospects. But now the crazy thing is here, too, is what the Bears got in return montage. They get D.J. Moore, they get the ninth overall pick, they get another first round, I think, next year. And just adding DJ Moore to go with Justin Fields shows that Chicago is 100% saying Justin Fields is our guy. And I think they even made news that they are going to go after left tackle Orlando Brown that was recently just let go by with the Chiefs. They said that they would pay as much as they had to or they would overpay, right? So the Bears are showing that they don't want to be taken as a joke anymore. Montage, what did you think of the haul that they got in return and was – was this a, just a, a, a crazy, stupid move here, or was this the right move for the Panthers? Yeah, I think the Bears did great. I mean, you got a trio now with your rookie, you know, your rookie contract quarterback and a decent tight end there as well. So yeah, build up the offensive line as much as you can with free agents and and studs, and then go out there and and let people try to stop you. You got four capable receivers. Um, I think Herbert's going to be back. At least I know Montgomery's a free agent in their running back room, but uh, they can replace a running back, you know, in the draft as well. So uh, it's super interesting um, what the bears are going to look like next year, I think. And uh, the Panthers got a hit. I mean, whoever they choose at one, I was saying on Twitter, he's got to be a top 10 guy for like a decade straight for that, to that move to pan out. Not maybe not even year one, but by year two, three, you got to start being a top 10 guy. You know, and and I think that's just interesting to see, like, 
how long is it going to take us to know what the value actually was? Because you won't know until the guy goes out there and plays and who you don't know who they're going to take. So I think that the Panthers, you know, really had a competitive team for a lot of reasons last year. So them to go after a guy, it almost seems like they want him to, like you're saying, make the difference starting in year one. The last time the Panthers had the number one overall pick, they select Cam Newton, who goes on to win an MVP, goes to lead them to a Super Bowl appearance, not a Super Bowl win. And speaking of Carolina Panthers, let's just get let's just get the best Panther there is right here. There you go. Little, little, little sauce godfather, kitty cat. But I think the Panthers, what they did was actually really genius. And that this is why, Montage, I think that they're going to consider even trading back from that number one overall pick. Now that they own – that, you know, spot where they have a few guys they could like. They could like, you know, Will Levis. They could like CJ. They could like whoever, and they don't necessarily have to go for them at number one. They could actually get some of what they, you know, traded back perhaps. And that's the th- the biggest thing I think about this is that we're not done seeing the number one overall pick traded around. And does that show you like more of like how incredibly stacked this quarterback class is? I think so, right? But Wow, what a move. And I'm, I'm curious to see, do we have any comments as to wh- what the Bears did with the number one overall pick and, and what's going on with the uh, Panthers? Andrew comes in saying super smart and teams want to give up a big call for that pick. Yeah, I mean. He uh, did a big contract, you know what I mean? But I, he I'm, does, pretty sure yeah. contract. I'm not sure the Panthers will trade it now that they have it, but they if they do, that'll be really interesting to see it move hand, you know, change hands more than once. Um, yeah, I'm all for that kind of drama in the, pre, in the, uh, off season, you know, we really need to, um, ramp up the, the storylines. And that's, that's kind of one of the things you can start trading, uh, picks a bunch of times and I'll be interested at least. And sometimes <laughs> everybody wants to, you know, go after the high draft pick, right. But sometimes you really have to stack that draft capital, which kind of makes you wonder what the Buffalo Bills are going to do with the 27th overall pick. I know that they were in the news recently for actually hosting B. John Robinson before Texas's pro day. So mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, are they looking at, uh, you know, p- potential running back in the draft? Are they looking at offensive line? The, the Buffalo Bills, whatever they're doing, you can't read into everything 100% because sometimes I feel like they're just blowing smoke out there, which is a little bit of a strategy, if you will. But for those of you just now tuning in your live here on the sit-down in the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter with the Sauce Guy to Mafia Montage presented by Duff's Famous Wings. If you haven't done so, hit the like and share. Keep those comments flowing, guys. We are discussing right now a little bit around the NFL in the world of pre-agency as we get ready for that new league year. So we're discussing right now the Bears trading that number one overall coveted pick to the uh, Carolina Panthers. I keep almost wanting to say Pittsburgh Panthers. And, and we're going to move on to the next one here, and this is a different one. It's 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 one that is a very debated subject montage. You know, Lamar Jackson is franchise tagged. I believe it's the non-exclusive where he makes a little bit less money. And basically, the Ravens are saying, if you feel like you deserve a fully guaranteed contract, let's go see what the market offers you. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is there's a lot of people that say that this is a little bit of a case of collusion. And I kind of agree. I think the owners are coming together to say that we don't want to give another fully guaranteed contract like we did for Deshaun Watson ever again. But I think that it's crazy how much to me Lamar Jackson is being disrespected because the guy has – whether anybody wants to admit it or not, has won an MVP unanimously in 2019 with one of the most electric seasons for a quarterback. He's been one of the most 
in, in my opinion, one of the better passing dual threat quarterbacks that you'll see. And he's electric when he runs the football, multiple thousand yard rushing seasons. And a guy like that, you can build championship teams around. Yet the Ravens can't find a way to make the deal get done. Montage, were you shocked that he was tagged and they couldn't come to an agreement? And what do you think is going to happen for Lamar Jackson's future? No, I kind of expected him to be tagged, but I was just so surprised about the instant reaction of teams saying they weren't going to uh, bring him in and look at him. That's just uh, kind of crazy. Didn't see that coming. Thought uh, it would be, you know, people wanted to, um, I thought people would want, you know, him as their quarterback. And Miami kind of doubles down on Tua, so they're out. Um, they were kind of a name in the, you know, somebody who would be a big spender uh, potential. Um, and I think and Atlanta was another one. And they said Miami. No. I'm just going to oh, say sure. that. That's why I said in the built in Buffalo chat, you know, we were talking about jet the jets and uh, Roy came in with a comment that I'm going to get to in a minute, Roy. Um, but the jets quarterback situation, I, I said, I don't care unless it's a Lamar Jackson. I don't care who the jets get for quarterback. There's not anybody else out there that I'm worried about. Yeah. I think that, um, and we'll get to that comment by Roy here in a minute, but I just think that the Ravens, have never, ever, ever, aside from Mark Andrews and drafting Rashad Bateman, who I really think is a great player, but the Ravens can't seem to stay healthy. I think that they just have yet to build a true offense with Lamar Jackson to where he can utilize some of his strengths a little bit better. And I 100% agree. Roy is right. We are in a, a day and age in the NFL where more and more money is becoming guaranteed. And we also live in a uh, world where, you know, owners owners don't want to pay that kind of money because it is such a violent sport and you might not be able to see the length of that contract even play out. So I guess I understand that. But, yeah, it was a dumb move by the Browns to give a guy that was truly – we didn't even know if he was going to be able to play football because of the, the legal things that were surrounding him. And I'm not going to comment on that. But it's just crazy to me that a guy like Lamar Jackson who has – who has never, ever done anything wrong off the field, who has always been uh, known to be a really great teammate. He's won an MVP, and he's a winner. hes I forget what his record. I think it's like 47 and 15 or something like that, but the guy is a winner, and and it's just all, all that there is to say about it. He's not a running back. He can throw the football incredibly well. We've seen him have one of the best passing games in the history of the NFL. I, I just think it's crazy to me that he could be so disrespected. Um what does that say? 45 and 16. Allen's 45 and 16. 52 and 24. It's crazy. Wanted, you know? but that, I want to get to this comment real quick, Andrew, um, because this is exactly right. No agent. Lamar doesn't have an agent. And it's so um, funny to see the rebellion when guys try to make waves and do things differently. It's like, nope, get off my lawn you punk kids because you know all these old men are just saying this is not the way we do stuff this is um a, a business that's built with with a certain um you know routine and you have to go through the motions you have to hire the agent you gotta you know pay this tier of guy because there has to be enough people getting paid all throughout the chain there and um that's just kind of funny it's uh it's but I will you know, say no this. agent you got it you can't can't do that Roquan Smith just got his extension with no agent. 
five years, 100 million. And there was almost no issue with getting his contract done. I, I understand that we're talking about a lot more money here for yeah. a guy that, you know, plays in a style where people say he's just one hit away from being uh, unable to actually be as elite as he is because of the way that he plays the game. Right. Sure I just, again, I do agree that Lamar Jackson should, this is one of those situations where I, I, I can understand. You don't want to trust. We see sports agents that can be shitty. And, and they can definitely do things that are uh, very shady. But you got to find somebody who can at least go out there and negotiate for you. Because really, it is difficult to negotiate with a player while he's supposed to be focused on being the starting quarterback for a team and staying in shape and all these things. So I think that Lamar Jackson should maybe at that point, let me get an agent to kind of help come into the situation. But, you know, it also shouldn't stop the the momentum from happening because like i said the guy is to me he's a franchise quarterback he's one of the best talents in the nfl and has been since he came into the football league and and if it wasn't josh allen that we drafted it was truly lamar jackson that i wanted and i just think that in a world where the teams were coveting kirk cousins leaving the the redskins at the time how on earth is lamar jackson even going to be like remotely free to negotiate with anybody else but if you guys are just now tuning in we're live here in the sit down myself and montage are here discussing a little bit around the nfl let's go to the next one here montage daniel jones this is gonna be a fun one agrees to a four-year contract with 160 million dollars with the giants and that means the giants went ahead and franchise tagged saquon barkley and i'm told that they actually have a long-term extension in the works as well still but montage what did you think of Danny Dimes getting the four years, 160. Yeah, interesting how they felt the need to spend that much um, to keep him. So his uh, request was obviously uh, reportedly really high, and um, he wasn't going to get there. So just, uh, you know, good for him. Great contract for him, obviously. Um, high number. It's kind of head scratching but i mean they they think they got their guy and they're gonna go all in on it so you know good good for the player and uh you know dable obviously has the track record here right so um if anybody knows what brian dable can do with a quarterback buffalo is certainly the place that knows that so let's see where he goes in the second year with dable and they made the playoffs right or they were near the playoffs at the end so i mean if take a couple steps forward I who knows but i don't think he's worth it what do you got? He better toss like a good like 40 mil to Brian Dable, right? Because Brian Dable yeah. doesn't become head coach of the Giants. Danny Jones doesn't have any level of success with that team. Now, I will you say this. That dealer, right? You got to tip that dealer at the old blackjack. Exactly. Deal. I never, yeah. ever got a blackjack in Vegas without tipping. Like if, you know, you get the 12 dollars or whatever, I tip a buck, tip two bucks, whatever, because you've yeah. got the show. You know, credit where credit's due. I think that Danny Jones never really had a great team in New Jersey. I think that now Brian Dable comes in and that's a legitimate head coach. And that's a guy that, you know, he's no fucking, no fucking bum. Right. But Saquon Barkley coming back in a healthy year, that was a, a lifesaver for Danny Jones as well. They have a good defense. They have some better talent around him, but ultimately do I think that Danny Jones deserved a four year contract for 160 mil, 40 million a year? No. I think Danny Jones was more of like a 30 mil a year kind of guy because he still has more to prove, in my opinion. Now, what we saw out of Josh Allen in year three of his, you know, performance at Buffalo was was we saw him coming to be a winner and, and the kind of quarterback that could develop. We started seeing that really in year one. We never really saw that out of Danny Jones in year one or year two 
or you know, that's all I'm saying here. I don't think that he deserved it, but good for him. He got his bag and he's got his security at this point. And it seems like New Jersey giants have their guy for the future. I think that it's good for Saquon Barkley to be back healthy playing. He was electric last year. And I like seeing the things out of the giants. I don't really hate on the giants. I will always have a lot of love for the two Super Bowls that they took away from Tom Brady. So I always have a little bit of a soft spot for the giants, but other than that, I really just, I, again, I don't know if you just, it, it makes the Josh Allen contract look so much more brilliant at this point. And we truly are blessed to have him for what we have him for, because it's going to be cheaper down the road. And when guys are getting 40 million a year, when we just saw them, what, 10 years ago montage, maybe they're making 30 million a year is the highest. It makes the Josh Allen contract right now look really great. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But if you guys haven't done so already, hit that like and share. We're live in the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings. It's myself and Mafia Montage. We got some comments flowing out there. Montage, anything else before we move on to our next segment? I don't have anything else on the Daniel Jones. That was uh, pretty much it. We both Any comments? Covered exactly Any more comments? It. There's a lot of comments here. Which one should we pick? Let's do this one. Yes. He had a really good receiver um, that we let go. Yeah. I mean, I and that's the other thing, I didn't pay too. attention to the Giants' playoff success, but they won a playoff game, so keep for them. Keep an eye on the Giants in free agency because if we're going to lose anybody, I have a feeling that we would lose them to a team like the Giants that have not only a former Bills assistant coach there and as well as the Bills' former assistant general manager. So – Keep an eye on that, guys. With the QB run game he took and applied to Jones, they were just talking about how bad he was. And that's the thing. When did Danny Jones all of a sudden become this elite running quarterback? I, I, I just They say he's a really tough guy, but you've got to be a passing quarterback still in this league. And he, even last year, wasn't exactly lighting it up or you know raising any eyebrows from the way that he passed yeah. the football, right? Could have got so, Mitch Trubisky for probably cheaper. You want to just turn a random guy into a running quarterback, dual threat. Trubisky already had a year under you. No, fuck it. Ah, whatever. Let's move on to our next one here, Montage. This is one that ties a little bit closer to the Buffalo Bills because it is in the AFC East, but it is rumored that Aaron Aaron Rodgers is more than likely, while the Jets have become more and more optimistic, but it looks like Aaron Rodgers won't be back in Green Bay and he'll be going to the Jets or another team. Montage, what do you think of it? Is Aaron Rodgers actually going to go to the Jets, and if he goes to the Jets, what are your thoughts on him playing so close to us in the AFC East? I'm just worried he's going to, like, open a bunch of peyote stores or something and get us all addicted, you know, if he comes out here to this area. So, um, yeah, I don't have a I don't have a problem with thinking the Jets are going to be, like, unbeatable or anything with him at the helm. He's obviously one of the best to ever do it, but I think, you know, at this – he just looks like a, a – raggedy old man in person i mean he's like a couple years older than me and it's so weird how like he looked so frail and like kind of like a homeless person in the preseason when he came or what was it that was two preseasons ago even so like you know he came here to, um to buffalo obviously on a monday night and i don't know he's it's just i don't think it's gonna work out but I'm not worried about the Jets if Aaron Rodgers goes there. I think the odds to answer Roy, probably 60 to 65% chance he, he goes to the Jets, I think. I think that 
for me, and it's no question that Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of the best to ever do it. Um, is he currently playing that way? No, I feel like he's an unmotivated quarterback who doesn't have his heart and soul set on winning Lombardi trophies like a guy like Tom Brady does. Um, I just, to me, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? What makes the the Jets such an attractive destination is what is what is my biggest question. Yes, you have Garrett Wilson. You have an up-and-coming running back in Brees Hall. It ain't like you have the greatest offensive line. You have a decent offensive line. You got a great defense. But other than that, what really makes them such an attractive job? It's, again, with the New York State taxes, even though they play in Jersey. So is it really – the? I don't understand for a guy that's not that happy to play where he's played for so many years and had nothing but success for the most part and had nothing but probably the love of Wisconsin, right? And you want to leave that for your last couple of years to go play for the dysfunctional New Jersey Jets? Listen, I'm all for psychedelics and spiritual awakenings and whatnot, but whatever he's taken is not good because, again – what is going on? Two time, you know, two time back to back MVP over there. You have, you, you literally have Devonte Adams, and you basically have him getting rid of because of, it doesn't look like you want to be the future over there. I just don't understand what is going on with Aaron Rodgers. Does it scare me if he goes to the Jets? A little bit, only only because I don't think he's going to take away the AFC East, which is because those two wins. We need those two wins, right? So. Aaron Rodgers is, if he's got some talent and figures out something and he can play at a high level, it's not like it's an easy win. Look what he did with Green Bay coming, you know, into Buffalo last year with a team that we essentially should have blown out is what we were thinking, right? But Mm -hmm. they ran the football effectively. They have a pretty good defense. So he's going to leave all that and come to the Jets where their defense, let's let's not kid ourselves, the Jets defense is pretty damn good. They do have a great playmaker in Garrett Wilson, who with Zach Wilson last year was able to um, beat us because they were able to run the football so well with James Robinson as well. But again, I ask, what makes this job so attractive? It doesn't scare me if he comes to the Jets because, again, we should be the alpha male and I shouldn't be afraid of any team that is in front of us. But he is a quarterback that could definitely still make plays and he's still got some left in the tank. It's up to him if he wants to use it or not. So, Montage, what do we got for us in the comments? Oh, I like that uh, explanation. I think this is interesting. I let it roll on there earlier, but Garrett Wilson is just really, really good. Um, he is as very a, good. As a receiver and, like, going to be better than – even though he was a highly touted prospect, I think he's going to be better than a lot of us even thought uh, at the beginning of his career. I think he's going to be um, pretty special. It's – uh that's what's unnerving about the Jets. They do have kind of those two guys that are young and cheap right now. Um, so they have the this like two to three. Gardner. Yeah, they have a two, three year window with these young rookie contract guys where they could just spend as much as they want on a quarterback. So, you know, they have other holes, though. I don't think they have like they have to have the offensive line. Um, I think their defense is good enough once you start scoring points consistently and you know. Um, Aaron Rodgers can operate if he's got those kind of weapons. I think, you know, he, he can op. It was him and Devonte Adams kind of ruling the NFC for a couple of years there while he was the MVP. You know, I think, uh, you can't take anything away from Garrett Wilson, but 
I am taking it away from them. I don't care. I don't think that they're going to be that good. I, even if they get Rodgers, then we'll deal with it. I think, you know, we've got uh, smart coaches and, and good enough players to get the job done. So. I will say this too. The other thing that could be an attractive thing about the Jets job is playing for Robert Sala as your head coach, who I think is so well-respected around this league. Um, but then it's like, didn't Nathaniel Hackett just become their offensive coordinator? And for those of you that don't know, Nathaniel Hackett was a part of the Russell Wilson, whatever happened to him being a quarterback in Denver scenario. So again, it's just, I know he was the former offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers, but like, what is it? Like Aaron Rodgers just shows up, whatever the fuck he feels like. It just tells Nathaniel to stop being a bitch. And like, that's what he wants. I just don't know if that's attractive enough for me to want to go play against teams like the Buffalo Bills twice a year. And then the Miami Dolphins, let's not kid ourselves, twice a year as well. So it just, what the heck is going on over there? Let's take some more comments real fast, Montage, before we move on to our next segment here. What do they do with Zach Wilson? Um, Good question. Probably send them. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, They're probably going to try to see what, you know, he can sit. I think Salah really likes Zach Wilson. And he said, you know, Zach's got to learn. His time's not done here. And I think he didn't just say that for lip service. I think that this might be a scenario where if you get Aaron Rodgers for two years, then Zach Wilson, you know, gets the Aaron Rodgers treatment with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like, and uh, that's the thing too. I I forgot that Hackett was the OC now in in New York, right? So that is insane to me. That guy is such an idiot. I mean, I've been watching the guy coach for a dozen years now. He was with Syracuse and Doug Marone. He was with Buffalo and Doug Marone and all these other stops and you know, like Jacksonville, like, man, the guy, I don't, I mean, he's just riding the coattails of he's his dad's success and I, he just doesn't have a clue, man. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, my three-year-old could accidentally hit buttons on Madden to call just as an effective game plan as Hackett can draw up. And that's weird. Cause I actually met him on the field before the green Bay game. Um, when he coached for Buffalo, uh, and was it eight years now or something? So, uh, just kind of funny. I think I I just never really could like that guy. Just from Syracuse and, and upward, every time I watched him, um, his his unit just wasn't big enough for me. I would say. Now I think that what the Jets is plan to answer Roy, Roy's question. Um, and for those of you that haven't already done so, hit the comment button, get involved in the discussion here in the sit down with myself and montage. But I think that the Jets are going to try and develop him in a backup role. Really, you already have him on the hook on his rookie contract at this point. I don't know of any other teams that are really going to offer anything on trade night that are going to be so, – that's going to be a deal so uh, mind-boggling that, you know, the, the Jets have to take it. I think that they're just going to let the kids sit and try to develop because if you ask me, Zach Wilson has a lot of um, potential with his physical skill set. And yeah, his his unit was not big enough for you. His unit should be big enough for anybody in the NFL if it ain't good enough for montage. That's all I'm saying, right? right but again, I think those let him sit. He has, you know, physical intent. He's got the physicality of being a quarterback that you want to see. He's made some throws and he was actually effective that game that we lost to the Jets um, because he didn't have to make, you know, long, big throws. He made short 
little kind of cutchy and carby open throws with Garrett Wilson. And that's Garrett Wilson well, is really and things like that. such a great receiver. He already is a great receiver, in my opinion. But Zach Wilson, at this point, what team is really going to offer anything? Or what team would be so interested in him that they'd have to go offering enough for the Jets to let go of him? So I think for right now, it's a, hey, if we get Aaron Rodgers, we'll just let him sit in the backup role. He's going to have – this will be his third year um, of his rookie contract. So he'll have this year and one more year at least guaranteed – but he could have a fifth year as well should the Jets uh, decide to pick it up at that point. But any other comments, Montage, from anybody else before we move on? No, we're good, man. All right, let's move on to a little bit of Bill's pre-agency news. Now, Montage, you can get into some of this with us, but Tim Settle has already restructured his deal first, and it's rumored that Josh Allen and Vaughn Miller are said to be next. Now, what do you got for us on that? Nasty rumors. Now, I mean – Everyone says it's a done deal. It's just a matter of when on the Allen and Miller restructure. So I assume they've already agreed in principle and they need to finalize the paperwork or something uh, before it gets done. That must be the holdup. And then uh, Tim Settle, just really weird. I mean, I guess I get it. Maybe he's um, maybe Settle. It was more of a motivation thing. Like, hey, dude, like you didn't perform to your contract. We want to just do it as a like kicking the ass, like go ahead and play harder and we'll give you another deal after this. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's their tactic with that because 600 K is not going to do anything um, when you're above by, you know, 12, 14 million. I mean, I don't understand. But I know that the Josh Allen one, I, and from what I've read, it would be basically converting his, you know, salary into like a signing bonus where it becomes, I believe most, it becomes fully guaranteed at that point. Um, I think, but then, you know, the, the cap number is significantly less. And then Vaughn Miller as well would be enough to get us uh, more than likely under the salary cap restrictions. Um, But really I'm not surprised if Josh Allen and Vaughn Miller are both willing to do so because both of these two are committed to winning Super Bowls and they're not greedy players. They deserve to be paid, right? They actually probably, in my opinion, Josh Allen deserves to be paid more, but that's a conversation for another day. But when do you see these possibly being done, Montage? And overall, what is this going to do for us going forward in free agency? Sorry, uh, comments got me between Roy and John here. Um, we're not going to share it on air, but uh, sorry, ask that one more time. My bad. So overall, Montage, do you think that Josh Allen, when, when do you expect to see that him and Vaughn Miller have actually 100% it's official that they restructured their deals? And what do you think it will do yeah. for the Bills' free agency plans going forward? Yeah, I think that um, hopefully like Monday, early, early next week, um, you know, the guys could be back in the area and um, get here to to sign some stuff. So, you know, maybe they're taking the weekend. They're going to get in. Uh, maybe their schedules are conflicting for now. And, you know, they have till the 15th. So if they do it on the 13th, that's before the 15th and it works. Uh, I know a lot of other teams have started pulling triggers and getting their players uh, dealt with. But, um, you know, the bills are kind of waiting. It seems like they're going to give these guys um, until the, this Monday here and hopefully, um, you know, that, that kind of, I think it's, it's kind of really building up now, um, because you, you, Wednesday is the new league year. And, um, as it gets closer and closer, you know, it's only now a matter of short time before 
you really start to hear some stuff and and start figuring this all out um in in the free agency thing so um i'm super excited i think the the allen and miller stuff should be resolved you know by monday but i can't guarantee that obviously i'm just a guy with an opinion with a microphone well i do value your opinion on the microphone very much you know and so does my cat who is over here purring nonstop. um but montage i just I think that overall it'll get done here probably by we'll see some news. Maybe March 13th is my guess. March 15th, though, we're going to see a lot of things unfold. And that's why Bill's Mafia, this is really the last episode of the sit down before we know a heck of a lot more about this Buffalo Bills team and what they're going to look like going forward. So here we are. It's March 11th, four days away. So keep up to date with the Bills free agency news with the built in Buffalo Network's Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. If you guys haven't already done so, check us out, like us, follow us. Make sure to turn on your notifications too so you don't miss any upcoming signings, moves, because you don't want to miss anything as the Buffalo Bills prepare themselves for another run at that Lombardi Trophy. Now we've got to move on to something that is going to be a little bit more of a tougher topic to discuss, but it is going to most likely take up the biggest part of our discussion here. So for those of you in Bills Mafia, get those comments flowing in. We'll try to keep them up with uh, – keep up – keep up with them as much as possible but here we are live in the sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings hosted by myself the Buffalo Sauce God and Mafia Montage now this is just a simple question what is up with Stefan Diggs Montage I'm going to take this one first of all Stefan Diggs has a personal life okay so he probably has a lot of different you know women that you know he's like Drake over there with you know <laughs> texting and whatnot he probably likes to do these subliminal messages, not because of his football career. I just, I, I don't think that people read into shit a little too much, in my yeah. opinion, right? I don't think that he's putting subliminal references because he doesn't want to play with Josh Allen. He literally has had the best years of his career playing next to Josh Allen, who we've all seen, even when it doesn't matter if things are going well, we've all seen that they have a brotherly relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, um, I just think it's like, how can people really read into anything with them uh, as far as arguing on the field during moments where they're losing a game? And it's not like, it's it's just like, it's they're frustrated. Don't we want guys that are so devastated by losing and falling short of a Super Bowl that it's unacceptable? Why do I love Derek Jeter so much? Because every year that they didn't win a, a World Series was a failure to him. And he always worked harder, and he made the people around him work harder. And that's what Stefan Diggs does. So I don't understand why people read into it so much, because he doesn't have to post pictures with Josh Allen every fucking day to remind me that he loves playing with Josh Allen. I can see it on the field. And – in, he said things in, in recent interviews, and we'll talk about that here in a bit, in a bit. but I just don't think that there's anything for Bill's Mafia to worry about. I don't care that he unfollowed the Bill's page on Instagram. Sometimes you just don't want to, like, see certain things. You just don't want to see comments from people on certain things. And so maybe, maybe he did that just to get people to focus on something somewhere else. But either way, I don't think it has anything to do with where does he want to be playing football and what does he want going forward? Montage, what do you think is overall up with Stefan Diggs? Bigfoot was my best man, dude. I got married in 2018, K-Roy. So maybe you don't know. No, I'm just playing. I agree. 
I wanted to play this one here uh, or show you this one. Um, I'm just like this. I'm just not good at football. I'm an engineer. I have a analytical mind, but I love saying dumb things to you, especially. And yeah. if you talk about like the brotherly relationship that we quickly developed, I, you know, it's funny because it's just like, that's what happens. Like you want a team to be so good and you're just like, I'm an extrovert. I want to say everything that's on my chest, even when it doesn't need to be said, even if you don't think it needs to be said, I'm going to say it. And that's just exactly the way Diggs is. And I love seeing it, man. Cause it's like, you know, he's out there being real and he's saying stuff about random things that people don't even know about. And they're just automatically associating it with football. So it's just kind of funny. Right. Like he's, he's obviously got so many different things. He's on billboards. He's got different businesses. He's in all this he's stuff. He's endorsed by fucking you know, Jordan. He's got to go to all these double trees and get those warm cookies. And he's got a lot of oh. things going on. Okay. So, I mean, just give him a, some slack. I think, you know, he's definitely um, a guy that uh, wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, it's just competitive nature and I love to see it. Um, we talked with, you know, our founder, Dave, he loves it. I mean, I think these guys just get it. Like, you know, he wants to win a damn Super Bowl. Like that's, he's got goals and, you know, pe people are preventing him in a way from achieving his goals and he doesn't appreciate it. He thinks he's doing his part or he's not even being able to be made a part of it. And he's like, dude, I can do this, you know, let's go. And I think too, exactly. John just people... came in, 52 others should have the same damn reaction. I agree with that. And that's what I want. I want winners. I want people that are vocal and not to where, you know, they bash their, uh, you know, like their quarterback yeah, or anything like that. Be, but like, yeah, that's not what Stefan Diggs has ever done. And he's never, ever said anything yeah. bad about Josh. And he's never said anything bad about anybody specifically on the Buffalo Bills either. I think it's just, he likes the reaction. And, and I, I, I a hundred percent agree with, you know, saying dumb things just to get a reaction out of people. Like I used to take pictures in my backyard with my family where I go like this and people be like, what's he doing with his hands? Like who the fuck cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I do it just for the reaction. It's funny sometimes to see how much people will read into things, but it's also funny how it's so we can so quickly forget that, you know, these guys are humans. They are humans with personal lives. They live superstar lives. And it's not always about football. When it's about football for Stefan Diggs, we see it on the field. And that's just why let the guy do what he does and wait till the football season comes back around and watch how he performs. Because I'll tell you what, I bet you he's got a, whole, a hell of a lot more to improve, uh, to, to prove to not only himself, but to out, anybody else out there that doubts what him and the Buffalo Bills are trying to do. And here's the other thing, too. I would never, ever, ever see why on earth he would want to leave the Buffalo Bills to go play for the Dallas Cowboys and play with Dak Prescott instead, where they have, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Tony. It just, why on earth would you want to leave your current situation where you're all pro level every single year and you're playing with the best quarterback in football? And nobody would want to leave that for Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, too. Somebody actually had said to me once, too, Montage. Um, hold on, let me bring it up, this one right here. Some of those mafia actually are saying to trade Stefan Diggs. And I want to know what you think. And I want to know what anybody else out there in the comments thinks as well, because this is <laughs> to me, it's, it's simple, right? But let us know. 
yeah for me um no way in hell uh just no way uh i don't think just like green bay shouldn't have traded Devonte adams you know i think that Diggs is too important to what we do he's gonna be he wants to be the guy and i think we're letting him be the guy and you know i'm good he's as good a, of a number one as i could ask for in the league he's top four or five in all categories of receivers um you know, sometimes at three, some at four, some at five in the different categories I was looking through, but he's just too good, um, plain and simple. I think that, you know, we have to really, um, you know, get on board with him and, and hope that the other guys kind of, you know, take notice of that stuff and, and have that same attitude and have that same work ethic. You see a lot of guys, I keep seeing Gabe Davis, now Kyrie Elam and these kind of guys, their workout videos um circulate the internet i end up seeing them more than others so uh, i just think it's it's cool to see a lot of guys working hard but now we need to see it you know when it counts amen to that i don't think that the bills should trade stefan Diggs. i don't think that he's the problem i think that the offensive line was the biggest issue and i think it was just a matter of execution in a lot of ways and i think that we lost sight of what our identity was and we just had too many woes and too many question marks and too many damn distractions. And that's why the title of this episode is Stop the Noise, because the noise is just noise. You know what I mean? It's like when they say if if a tree falls in a forest, you know, and nobody's there to see it or hear it, does the noise ever even happen or however the fuck the saying goes? All I'm saying is the noise is nonstop because that's what they want. That's what people want. That The only way that they can throw you out of your success is when they take you out of who you are and what your identity is. And that's what it's been about for people in the media. And we've always seen that, the bashing of Buffalo and the bashing of anything mm-hmm. with Josh Allen, like Keyshawn Johnson talking. Hey, fucking shut up, clown. And everybody else out there needs to stop the noise because I do think yeah, it could be a little aggravating to see, you know, the reaction from Stefan Diggs on the sideline. But at the same time, it's for the right reasons. It's because of how competitive he is and because he is wondering, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? And that's why the next one that I want to bring up here is Diggs says on the shop on HBO that it was a matter of execution and he never wants to question who I am. And of course, I am paraphrasing. Um, that's the biggest thing. Why would you ever want to question who you are? You know that you've come to play. You know that you've, yes, he's made mistakes. He's dropped some passes, but he's overall been the guy that is our number one guy, and he's made the biggest difference in, in my opinion, what we were as a playoff team to where we are a Super Bowl team, right? He brought us to that level in his first year. And he says in the grand scheme of things about how we're in the AFC Championship his first year there. Then, you know, we lose in the division around by 13 seconds, and then the way that we lose this year. So – the Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, it's he says it all right here that he wants to be in Buffalo. He wants to play with Josh Allen, and then he's frustrated because we haven't gotten it done yet. And that doesn't mean he's giving up on it. So, Montage, what do you think of his comments on the shop? I mean, it, you know, it says it right there. Yeah, he had nine drops and 154 targets, 108 receptions. So, I don't think that, you know, it's a performance issue with him. I think that he knows who he is. He's making the plays largely. Um, he's the guy. And I completely agree. It's execution. I think I was saying that a lot of people put the blame on some of the coaches and things like that, but 
um, a lot of times I thought it seemed more like execution. They're saying, hey, Ed Oliver, go beat your guy one-on-one. He didn't do it consistently enough. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. the truth. That's, That's the what truth. you're going to see. Watch the tape. Go beat this guy one-on-one. Couldn't do it. A lot of a lot of the guys couldn't do it. They had flashes when they did it, but it's not consistent. And that's um, maybe even Tremaine Edmonds maybe wasn't consistent enough. But I think we can talk about that after. But you know, Diggs, um, I think is is just being real. Like a lot of people are saying here, it's it's it is a matter of execution. At the end of the day, you know, you had a chance to make plays and you didn't make them, and they worked. And they were designed to work in one way or another. Everyone knew they had an assignment to do, and they didn't win their one-on-one matchups consistently enough to get it done. So I think that's exactly right. And this is another good comment from Kenny here. It says, you know, $45 million to get rid of him or 20 to keep him. $45 million I'll, reasons to keep him. him. You know, I'll, I'll keep him 100%. Now, in, in the execution thing, too, I think more so falls in line with first-year play calling, uh, you know, play caller and Ken Dorsey, and he needs uh, another year to really figure out how he's going to get this offense to run the way that he wants to run. We're not going to become a run-first offense. We're going to still lean on Josh Allen being the focal point of this offense because it would be stupid not to. Maybe we run differently. Maybe we run more, but it won't become a run-first offense. And I expect Stephon Diggs to be the focal point of that passing game as well going forward. And I expect us to find ways to make it easier for us to get him the football and make his – his, his playmaking abilities come more into the light. So let's take some more comments real fast before we move on to our final segments of the show montage. And, of course, this is the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings live here on the Built to Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah, so, you know, he's saying, look how fans react to a loss. You know, I think I don't go as far as wanting to fire anybody, but, like, dude, it's tough. It's tough as a fan, like, Sometimes I'm like, I got to remember I'm not part of the team, but I, you know, I've been talking with what, you know, some of my friends and sometimes they're like, they joke with me like, yeah, you probably care about this more than some players on teams, you know, and that's just the way it is. Like, I think um, it's exactly right. You know, we get super pissed and and say all kinds of irrational stuff, um, you know, during losses. And, and it's not, it's just so weird how the script is flipped. Like we lost three games, four games last year, counting the playoffs. and um you know those negatives kind of uh, you know we allow some of those negatives to outweigh you know the the 13 wins that we got we did something right right so i think there's you know that's why i am i'm more leaning towards an execution issue because if they won 13 games they did it enough they did good enough at execution of whatever was called to get that job done between offense and defense and special teams so you know is what it is i think um, it's just fun to see Diggs be a real dude and, and have his own life. And he doesn't have to cater to anybody and answer to anybody. And I think that it could be less annoying. Sure. But, you know, it's not really for us to, to, you know, you can't control other people. They do what they got to do. And I, I, like, I feel the same way as Diggs does a lot. So I, I just feel like that's just kind of cool to see, like, I'm not the only one, um, feeling that way so i just i'm not good at football i'm i'm good at math (laughs) will you teach me to football (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it, Montage. Great stuff. I think overall that Bills Mafia, we know that we're better when we have Stephon Diggs on our football team. And I fully expect him to be a member of this football team going forward. So, Montage, let's move on to our next segment, which is our usual one here. Uh, bada bing, bada boom, the good things we've seen in the world of sports this week. I'll start us off. Prospect Anthony Volpe is turning quite a few heads in spring training for the New York Yankees, hitting home runs and making a lot of a case to be brought up to the pro level instead of being in that AAA level montage. I'll tell you what, this kid is excellent. I like what we're seeing from some of these prospects. What do you got for us in the bada bing, bada boom segment here? Volpe is going to be the shortstop. Is that right? I believe so. Man, that'll be something. I saw like two pitches of a Yankees game today. It was great. Haven't watched any spring training yet. Um, Jim Beheim retired uh, kind of unceremoniously. Uh, so big Syracuse guy. I've been, been following Syracuse sports and college my whole life. Grew up an hour east of there and, um, you know, just uh, was was obviously a sports fan. And they were the, the best local sports team, you know, around. And then, the you know, Buffalo was the next city with a team. So um, I think it was uh, weird, just a very strange vibe, how he went out and things I. You know, I, I like Brent Axe, who's a Syracuse media personnel take on it. He said they should have um, refused to answer anything after the game and say, I'm not going to talk about that. This is about the game. And then scheduled another press, press conference the next day at 10 a.m. and come out and said, this is the plan. And done it like have a little celebration for Jim separate from the from the game. He's given his whole life literally to that university as a college kid going to the university grad assistant and coaching all the way through. I mean, they brought him a championship, obviously, and, um, you know, just a great guy for the community. Hasn't been perfect. A lot of things uh, have gone down, I think, that, um, you know, would raise some some eyebrows. But at the end of it, you know, he was a great pillar for the community. And, and, and it he's was a all, titan you know, someone to look basketball. up to. So, he's a yeah. titan, you know what I mean? And, yep. and I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I want to say, you know, thank you, Coach. For uh, you know, coaching those teams and and helping develop you know young men through the Syracuse program, regardless of anything controversial that's ever gone down, I thank Jim Beheim for everything he did. He's so well loved in the Syracuse community. I know that, and truly, uh, I I think that you touched on that montage. He definitely deserved a lot more, um, a lot more respect. And it's it's cool that we've seen like Coach K came out and said like you know what the hell this guy deserved way more. And that's because of how great of a head coach and how legendary this guy really is. So Jim Beheim, that's great stuff. And yes, yep. it was Carmelo 03. Anthony, 03. Carmelo, Akeem Work, and Jerry McNamara. As a junior so let's move on to the next one, Montage. You ready for this one? Forget about it. The ugly things we've seen in the world of sports. And let me tell you, Key Bank Arena boos the Sabres after they give up 10 goals. What on earth, guys? I understand that, hey, we want a winning team on the ice too, but we're gonna, we can't be booing. Uh, 10 goals, though, I kind of think that that might be a little bit uglier than the booing itself, Montage. But what do you got for us to forget about it, the ugly things that we've seen in the world of sports? The people saying that we shouldn't go running to the podium if Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid drop to 27, just like if Bijan Robinson's there at 27. Like, those three guys are day one, plug in and, and find a role for them. Um, Kincaid can play in the slot. Um, I'm not sure that Mayer can, but I think Mayer would be a better blocker than maybe Kincaid is. So, um, just offensive weapons 
I think is what's important to um, to accumulate here. I think they're going to do enough in free agency to to be good enough to take the most explosive offensive weapon they could find. Um, I saw a mock draft with them taking another edge rusher, and I'm like, no, dude, if they take another edge rusher for, with their first round pick, uh, I think that the fans are going to fill. Uh, Do it in their first two two picks in <laughs> two straight dude, edge rushers. I'm pretty sure the fans would protest. We would just march to Highmark Stadium and fill the stadium uh, to show our displeasure. Yeah, give me a cup to piss in is what I'd say, right? You know what I mean? I like that. Now, Montage, do you have a maniac of the uh, offseason for us, or what are you thinking before we get to getting saucy? Yep. Uh, was prepared to talk about one, yeah. Let's do it, brother. Uh, of course, let's going to get to our next segment here of the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. Yeah, so this week's Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week offseason edition, I'm going to go with before free agency opens up in the new league year on the 15th, my favorite free agent prospect for the Bills to sign is Dalton Risner, guard. Um, I, I would really like to have him in our system, and I think that he's a guy that's proven he can get it done. I know he comes with a salary, um, but look, we're going to have um, – we're going to have an opportunity here to shore up an offensive line to protect um, Josh Allen, who's, you know, our $250 million plus quarterback. We got to protect him. And I think you need one, one more pillar in there with Dawkins and Morse to really give us the ability to have maybe, um, you know, Spencer Brown sticking around and Ryan Bates playing at his level. Um, if, you know, if he doesn't turn it up. So I think if you have, Three, three guys, you know, another guy with Dion and Mitch Morse, you just give a much better chance to the, um, to the success of the offense. So that's the mafia montage maniac of the week. This off season edition is Dalton Risner. I want to take another uh, comment here. Uh, I saw this Jamal Williams, um, you know, drawing some interest and bills were named as one of those teams. Fantastic option. Um, and I think if you go that route, right, then you remove, um, the B. John Robinson possibility in round one, I would assume adding a guy like Williams means you're not going to draft a first round running back. And that's fine. Then do you try to move a piece to trade up and get the the Jackson and Jigba, Smith and Jigba of the world? Or do you, um, you know, even trade back and try to get the more, you know, value pick? Um, I think that's interesting discussion to have. So again, you know, another guy that would maybe command a little bit of a bigger salary, but he's a proven oddity and you want a proven commodity, excuse me. You really want to have someone, you know, you can trust um, our running backs obviously had some ball control issues. I think at, at key moments during the season, um, obviously, you know, we, like I said, we won 13 games. That's fine. But I think there were some key moments there where, you know, fumbles kind of broke our momentum and um, you know, could have had uh, another win or so if it wasn't for fumbles, probably two wins um minnesota and i'm thinking miami potentially but uh you know that would have gave us the first the first uh round by and the first seed um that would have been the difference so uh didn't lose a lot but we we lost enough to to cost us that so yeah you know there's a lot of good options out there i think there's going to be one guy probably that has 
a contract number that's a little bit higher than we would think that's going to get signed by the Bills. I think there's going to be that, you know, they're going to have one guy in mind and it's not going to be the Von Miller level, I don't think, but it's going to be a guy they're going to pay 12 to $15 million. And maybe that's Edmonds even. Maybe that's the piece they decide on. But, you know, it's going to be one of those, you know, it's going to be somebody they're probably going to get, you know, 12 to 16 million and, and, and re-sign someone. I, I don't think they can do two guys with that, you know, amount of money, but, um, you know, I agree. I think the 27th pick with Adam Oliver, um, you know, should get us up enough to take a difference maker if, you know, if the value is there, um, whether it's receiver or um, some other position that they identify. If they go up and get, you know, Skaronsky or um, something like that, you know, I think, you know, somebody that's just like, this guy's going to come in and play at a high level and early. So that's that's the kind of guy we need in the first round. And the kind of guys it. in free agency. I think we're going to get one of those. I love a montage. Great stuff. That's the Montage Maniac of the Week offseason edition. And that is going to bring us up to our next segment of Getting Saucy, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. Let's go ahead. Let's do a montage. Come on over, Aaron Rodgers. You want to play against the Buffalo Bills twice a year? Come on over, you DMT smoking son of a bitch. Because I'll tell you what, the Bills are going to bolster up when that new league year kicks off. We're going to stab the Julius Caesars of the world, except we're going to still reign as the Roman Empire because it's fucking inevitable, right? The Buffalo Bills are going to make move after move. They're going to make tough moves that make some of us go wah, wah. And then when we hold the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the fucking year, we're going to all be saying... Hooray. So, Big Baller Bean, I need you to make some tough decisions, and I need you to get it done out there because, you know what, no edge rusher in the first round, pal. And I'll tell you what, Montage, when that new league year kicks off, the Buffalo Bills are going to go out there and they're going to make a couple of splashes, and we're not going to sit back because we are the alpha males. So, the noise has got to stop. And that is all I got to say as we get saucy here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter presented by Dove's Famous Wings live here Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we will be moving showtime soon. So keep your eyes posted on our Facebook and our YouTube and our Twitter for all upcoming Bill's content, Bill's news, our live shows. And, of course, this show is available via audio version on a podcast. We'll have that posted for you guys tomorrow morning as well. So, Montage, anything else you got to say for the fans? No, I think that's good. Bills Mafia, have a great week. Get out there. Be great. Excellent. Bills Mafia, we love you very much. God bless every single one of you. Have a safe and responsible weekend. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills. See you next Saturday night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.